Hello. Podcasts are verbal narcissism for ugly journalists. Hello. Can I talk to Mr. David? Dave Bowman? Approach and identify. Hello. At this very moment, large, well-organized caravans of migrants are marching toward our southern border. Some people call it an invasion. It's like an invasion. They have violently overrun the Mexican border. You saw that two days ago. These are tough people in many cases. A lot of young men, strong men, and a lot of men that maybe we don't want in our country. But again, we'll find that out through the legal process. But they've overrun the Mexican police, and they've overrun and hurt badly Mexican soldiers. So this isn't an innocent group of people. Man, battle station missile. Chief of Watch, sign the general alarm. From the Buy With Rob studio, located in beautiful Silverdale, Washington, this is the Dave Bowman Show. Now, here is your submarine-qualified, well-coffeed, stuffy, elitist history buff host, Dave Bowman. Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today, most of them far beyond our control, you might say. So perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life, thought about the laws of gravity, invasions, homeless veterans, time changes, football, space travel, politics, and or the news. Don't touch that dial. Just try to hear me out for a while. So didn't take long, did it? Even the president got into talking the uh, talking points yesterday. I shouldn't have been surprised. Expect to hear even more of it over the weekend. Homeless veterans are often used as a reason to oppose illegal immigration. You know, not one dollar for illegal immigrants as long as there's a homeless vet. But should they be? The solution to political violence is to make the other side just shut up, right? That'll solve it. And the time changes upon us. Commence the typical whining of people who never bother to think about stuff. And uh, just a question I have. Are the not Oakland Raiders really that bad? Sorry. Here's how you get a hold of me. Text machine is area code 209-565-DAVE. That's 209-565-3283. Email remains dave at thedavebowmanshow.com. And, of course, we're on the web. Just look for us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, as well as uh, use your preferred non-denominational web search browser to take you to thedavebowmanshow.com or podcast99.org. A loqui conizio, the greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. The illusion of knowledge. So, I got to get right into it, but this is going to be a different show. This is going to be a weird show. Uh, Number one, it's Friday, so weird stuff happens on Friday, as you know. It's just the way of things. Uh, Deal with it. Um, But there's something else happening that you don't see. It's in the background of all the radio stuff, and you don't see it. Uh, But... You know, there's a reason why I do a one-hour show. There's actually two reasons why I do. (laughs) So, in other words, just a normal show. Thanks. Uh, There's a reason why I do a one-hour show. Number one reason why I do a one-hour show is because I'm used to doing a three-hour radio show. And in a three-hour radio show, if you really break it down, you get about an hour of content, about 56 to 57 minutes of content, which is what I do. So, I look at it as doing a one-hour show here on my my own internet radio network as, as being the equivalent of doing a three hour show on an AM radio station. My dream is to create a, an internet radio station that is an AM radio station, a traditional AM radio station on the internet. It's not going as quickly as I'd like for it to, but you know, 
things happen and you work with it. So normally part of that is I do an hour and then I got to get out of here at 11 o'clock because on the radio side, then Tim Price comes in and I don't want, you don't want to double feed the, the, you don't want me talking over Tim or Tim talking over me because that's what happens on typical AM radio stations of very small uh, nature. And most people that work at them don't care. And the people who do work at them that care about it, they end up leaving because they get frustrated with things. Um, and so I didn't want that. So I got to be clear by 11 o'clock so that Tim can get in and, and get his show going. And he does a two-hour show and good on him and all that. Uh, but today, there is no Tim Price show. Tim is taking the day off for what I consider to be very suspect reasons. But uh, so he's not going to be here at 11 o'clock today. So I don't have to be clear at 11 o'clock. So if I go a little bit longer today, eh, that's, you know, it's okay. Not big deal, because I got a lot of things I want to talk about. And, you know, time is one of those things that's on the list of things we want to talk about today, because this weekend is the time change. So we'll get into some of that. And, uh, well, again, I don't have any limits today. It's Friday. So and, and it's an abnormal Friday in the sense that Tim is not here. So or or I say not here. He's actually in Phoenix. But the the beauty of the modern world is. He's Podcast 99, and Podcast 99 is everywhere, so we're bad. We're nationwide, as the man once sang. Uh, I also have really crappy coffee this morning. So I've had three cups of coffee already. I went to make my cup of coffee for the show, and a bad thing happened, and I had to change cups. So I grabbed another cup. I grabbed my uh, Olympics National Park cup and didn't even didn't even think about it. Just put it in there, poured the coffee in. I get upstairs, and there's something floating in my cup, and I'm like, what the hell is that? The tea bag that I'd left in there yesterday. So I've got tea flavored coffee. So it hasn't been a very good start to, uh, to things today, but we'll, we'll get through it. Okay. We, we will survive. We will, we will make it happen. It didn't take long yesterday. Did it? It did not take long. I realized it. I, I guess in the middle of yesterday's show, it dawned on me, the light, if there had been a light bulb on my, you know, over my head and on the video, ding, it would have gone off. I realized yesterday, this whole week, what Trump has been saying about, I'm going to do an executive order to end birthright citizenship. And I, invariably, the argument is that you can't. And I still think that he cannot. And I still, even if he could do it, and I'm not convinced that he can, but even if he could do it, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't, I don't think the idea of having the president take on duties that belong to Congress is a really good idea. That's there's a lot of problems with that that I'm not uh, I'm not supportive of, and that causes me some concern. But I realized yesterday in the middle of it what he was doing, and and how these people that are supposedly advising him about all this are doing so. And that, of course, came out of the discussion on uh, U.S. v. Wong, Wong Kim Ark, which established the concept of birthright citizen jus soli as the policy of the national of the United States of America and, and in, in 1898. And again, I don't really have a problem with it. I really don't. Um, but it's those three conditions that they set. Do you remember what the three conditions are? And I deleted the slide, so I can't even put them up there. Uh, the, the three conditions were you could not be a foreign government employee. In other words, you couldn't be an ambassador or an ambassador staff or a military representative or liaison or something like that. You had to be completely disconnected from your government, your, your home government. So that was number one. Um, what was number two? 
I don't remember. Uh, but number, but number three, well, number two, <laughs> Dave, come on. Uh, number, number two is the one we're going to talk about. Duh. Um, now I don't remember what number three was. Sorry. I shouldn't have deleted the slide I did. That's the way my day has gone. It would take me literally five seconds to add it back in here, but I'm not going to do it. So uh, the, the, the bottom line being that it's that third one, or the, the second one, sorry, that is really the, the kicker in all of this. And it really is, um, well, it's, it's the point at issue in, in all of this, and that is the invader. If you are an invader of the United States, you cannot have Jusoli, you cannot have birthright citizenship, and consequently, ta-da, there you go. And so yesterday, I don't know if you picked up on this, I, I immediately noticed it when I got in the, the truck and we had to run a ton of errands yesterday, and so I turned on the radio and uh, my, my, I don't know what to call him, not a son-in-law, my daughter's boyfriend. I guess he's riding with me. Anyway, I'm turning on the radio and I'm flipping stations so fast. It's not even because we have uh, three talk radio stations. So I'm flipping back and forth between them because I want to hear what they're saying at the top of the hour. And of course, they're all saying the same thing, which is the illegal immigrant invasion, the invasion of illegal immigrant. Even 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 Rush was saying it. So it was it was remarkable then that when I actually heard the president speak and the president spoke sometime uh, yesterday morning, I didn't hear the uh, the original of it, but there's the, uh, the, if you listen to the whole thing, it's a 30-minute speech, which surprised me in the big, in the first five minutes of the speech, Donald Trump was talking about, and you heard him there at the top of the hour, talking about the fact that this is an invasion. These people are dangerous. These people have attacked the Mexican military, and we appreciate what they've done. They've attacked the military police. They're 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 not good people. They're rough people. They're invaders, was what he was saying. And he, he really emphasized the use of that word, as did essentially every news or every chat show host yesterday uh, was doing the same thing. The, the the obvious buzzword here, the obvious conclusion here, the obvious talking point here is that they're invaders. They're not illegal immigrants anymore. Now they are invaders. And by calling them invaders, what does that do? Well, it, it, certainly, it, it certainly enjoins a visceral reaction on behalf of most people. Most people are going to look at an invader much different than they're going to look at an immigrant, illegal or otherwise. We have this, uh, I guess, mental image of invaders, of illegal immigrants, sorry, in America as being... Well, what did Obama call them? Remember what remember what he said about them? They were the people picking your fruit, making your bed, cleaning your house. There was a really there there really wasn't a yeah, it's a really soft view that most people have of them. And it's only been in the last few years that we've we we've had this movement to really kind of raise the bar on that to to correct quote unquote the the vision that we have of the illegal immigrant as the, the person that's coming here to work for a few dollars under the table picking your lettuce we 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 really want to portray them as the MS13 attacker we really want them portrayed as dangerous as as people here are coming here to conquer us and the word invader, of course, certainly fits on that, doesn't it? I mean, the, when you start talking about invaders, well, you know, 
It's not just an Oakland USFL team anymore. Now, now it's the, it's the, it's the word to use. We call them invaders. And by calling them invaders, we put ourselves in the position of labeling these folks as something that here there are two. They really have not been considered, have they? I mean, I get that the term invader is kind of a broad term. I understand that. I get that. But we never really, we don't really think about the definition of the word. And while the word can be used in various cases in different ways, so can other words. I love baseball. Everybody knows that, right? Dave loves baseball. If there's one thing you didn't know about Dave, or you knew about Dave and you didn't know anything else, you know Dave loves baseball. Dave loves baseball so much that he's still watching Game 4 of the World Series over and over again because it's all that's on, baseball-wise. I shouldn't be doing that. I should just, you know, be done with it. Um, if I could find some Arizona League or if I could find some broadcasts of uh, Australian baseball, I'd watch that. I mean, I really would. I just, I love baseball. I really do. But I love my wife and I love my kids, my grandkids. Is that the same thing? I mean, does it, does it mean the same thing to say I love my wife and kids when I, as when I say I love baseball? Of course not. There's a certain contextual element to it that we all understand. Nobody loves ice cream. I mean, I guess there are some people who probably do, but they're a little weird. And, you know, what you do in the privacy of your own bedroom is your business. I don't really care. But that's not the same thing as me loving my family, nor is my love of baseball comparable to that love of my family. So when we use the word invader as something other than its traditional definitions, well, you know, you kind of run into problems with that is, is, is what, we're, what we're running into. So, of course, uh, Buster was texting me yesterday and we were talking about legal definition. Where do you go for legal definitions? And, and there's a lot of places you can go. You can go to dictionary.com and usually get a pretty good definition. Black's Law Dictionary has a, a website. And, of course, there's the question, what is invasion? Well, in legal terms, invasion has a lot of meanings, doesn't it? But, oddly enough, Aetna Insurance Company versus Boone, U.S. 129, it has been defined legally as an encroachment upon the rights of another or the incursion of an army for the conquest or plunder. So... That opens up some some room, doesn't it? All of a sudden, now we're looking at calling these people invaders. All we got to do is tie that to somehow or another their encouragement, their encroachment upon the rights of another, or somehow portray them as a military incursion. And ta-da! National security. National security raises its eyebrows, and we're off and running with an executive order ending birthright citizenship. Well, I mean that's theoretically what we're what we're looking at here, isn't it? Isn't it that's the direction that this seems to be going. I, you know, think what you will of the president. I happen to think he's a pretty smart guy. I mean, most people don't become billionaires and 
lose billions and make billions more and by being stupid. Very few people get elected to the presidency of the United States, being the morons that that some people believe they are. But be that as it may, I'm not convinced that he necessarily came up with this on his own. This is this is some. Um, there's been some thought put into this, and some legal minds somewhere have gone back and said to themselves, "How can we define these illegal immigrants?" particularly this migrant caravan, but in effect, all of them do so in a way that that meets the legal doctrines. So now we've got Wong, we've got Wong, the ruling, which says if you're an invader, you cannot have Jusoli, you cannot have birthright citizenship. And we have another one that says an invader is someone who incurs incurs upon the rights of others. Well, did you catch what the president said yesterday, where he starts talking about all the things that these illegal immigrants, these 1,500 people a day who are crossing our borders, supposedly. I, again, I have issues with that number. I've never believed that number. But you can go all the way back to 2008, listening to my show, and, and get those things. But there's some issues with that number that I have. Be that as it may, he laid out a whole series of... Your rights being impacted, your rights being encroached upon, your rights being threatened by the arrival of illegal immigrants. I would, uh, if you had asked me this yesterday, I would have, I would have doubted very seriously that the president was going to issue this this particular executive order. I, I just don't see it happening. I. There's some reasons why. Number one, I'm a very firm believer that the less you intend to do about something, the more you talk about it. That's that's politics 101. If you don't really mean to, you're really playing to your base. That's what you're doing. And and this smacked to me of Trump playing to his base in a in an election that by all reasonable objectivity is a toss up. Nobody. I know a lot of people are making predictions and a lot of people are guaranteeing things, but nobody really knows how this election is going to go. For God's sakes, they have spent millions of dollars on the, the congressional race up here for two people who are practically identity uh, identical. I mean, OK, one's a doctor, one's a real estate mogul. But, but but for all practical purposes, the doctor keeps talking about how she's for the middle class and the, the real estate guy keeps talking about he's how he's for the middle class. There's no functional difference between them. Millions of dollars have been spent for this job that pays $175,000 a year. Nobody knows who's going to win this thing. It is, you know, it, it literally depends on whose poll you want to believe. Well, polls don't mean anything until until they close on election night. So I don't I don't pay a whole lot of attention. Bottom line is nobody knows how this is going to go. Trump is playing, in my view, he's playing to his base. He's He's trying to rile them up a little bit. He's trying to... To get them, you know, fired up, just like the Democrats are trying to do the same thing by by their claims and their things that they're saying. And, you know, the difference is that this is one of those hot button issues that gets people riled up because, again, nobody's considering the ultimate deal here. Nobody's really thinking about those things. They're thinking about, well, as Tim said the other day on his show, he's, and again, he's not going to be here today, but as Tim said on his show, it's, it's amazing that all these progressives that are pro-open borders, 
don't live on the border. Those of us who do have a much different view of it. Yeah, I, I get that. And, and that's the, uh, that's the bottom line is your, you know, it's relativity. Your, your perspective changes your, your, what you're seeing. Well, at the end of the day, this is all about politics. And I didn't think Trump was going to issue. I really didn't think that Trump would actually issue this. Again, the less you intend to do about something, the more you have to talk about it. It's not really doable. I still don't think that he can. But now that it's a little more clear what the rationale behind it is, what the legal argument is, I'm starting to wonder if he's going to. It would not surprise me, I'm not saying he's going to do this, but it would not surprise me to see it happen Monday, Sunday. There would be heads exploding all over the country. There would be people just coming unglued and out of their shorts. They wouldn't know how to handle it. They wouldn't know what to do. It would be a, an interesting thing. And I, I, the problem is I don't know what effect it would have on the election. Would it, would it fire up his base more than it would energize his opponent's base. And that's the question That's the question nobody can answer. Oh, you can point to all your polls all you want. I don't care. Your polls are meaningless. Your guesses are just that. They're just guesses. You don't know. And the proof that you don't know is in the 2016 election. I mean, that's, you know. It, 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 people have become so distrustful of the media and polling. And, and I do this. I don't know about you, but I, I get polled every now and then. And when I get polled, I intentionally screw with answers. I don't. I don't have any problem with that. I have no problem with it at all. I screw with their answers. I tell them what they want to hear. Knowing that it's not true. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Anyway, now I don't know. I, I, I would be surprised if he, I'd kind of be surprised if he didn't issue it now that I understand the legal maneuvering behind it. The fact that he does have, it does meet the criteria of Wong and the, uh, the second case there, uh, Bond, I believe is the name of it, where... If he can show that it's an incursion on rights, well, now you could uphold this executive order without even overturning Wong, because Wong put that limitation that an invader cannot be considered jus soleil, cannot have uh, the, the right of birthright citizenship. I don't know how you would reply that retroactively. That would be a that would be a curious thing to see. It would be. There would almost have to be something in there, right, that 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 deals with the retroactiveness of it. And in the process of doing that, would that not effectively legalize everyone who's already here? This is some deep water that he's uh, he's treading into here, and I'm not sure where it goes. I'm not sure how this how this falls out unless again. I go back to my default position, which is the less you the less you intend to actually do about something, the more you talk about. So this could just all be this could just all be chatter. And come Tuesday, we're either talking about working together to move America forward or we're talking about we've been vindicated and we're going to move America forward. One of the two things is going to happen. And at the end of the day, you're not there. I do have some problems with this definition, though. And yeah, I get it. An invasion is an encroachment on your rights. I, that's the, the legal definition of this, but it's also a military definition. And I'm, I'm not sure that in Americans' minds, I'm not sure in the vast majority of Americans are going to look at this and go, yeah, this is a military invasion. I just don't know that we would, I don't buy that argument, do you? 
Does anybody actually buy that argument? That if this is a military-type invasion? A less-than-brigade-strength people with no weapons, no support, Air Force, no naval support, none of that is coming to the border, and so we're going to activate the military, and what's the military going to do? If this is actually an invasion, what do we expect the military to do? We expect it to repel them, repel borders. By doing what? Hmm? Are we really at the point where we are ready to commit the United States military to kill people, break things for this? And if we do so, based on this hypothetical, because it hasn't happened yet, executive order, based on this idea that this is an invasion, a military invasion, if we do so, have we stopped to consider the fact that we will have done so without any congressional debate, without any congressional vote, without any authorization for the use of military force, without a declaration of war? And that ultimately, it will be essentially one man's decision to take us to war. One. One man. Now, I don't know about where you come from or what you believe about history, but I'm pretty sure... I'm, uh, in fact, I'm pretty certain that was one of the things that the framers definitely did not want. They were horrified at the idea that one person, good, bad, or indifferent, could do that. Creates some, uh, it creates some grave constitutional concerns. It creates some grave issues in all of this. But it's out there right now. It's on the table. You have two Supreme Court decisions that could be used to justify this executive order without overturning Wong at all. That's the argument that's going to be made. And that's why all of these people, including the president, every chat show host in the country, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Michael Medved, all the ones I listen to, all the minor ones, all the the president himself, are using that phrase, invasion. Because invaders cannot have jus soli. So... If you can rationalize these as invaders, if you can rationalize this as an invasion, and you've got a Supreme Court decision that says an encroachment on other people's rights is an invasion, well, what do you think then? Could uh, could roll through. Tap pass. Got to take a break. It is the Dave Bowman Show right here on the Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network. I don't care if you agree with it or not. I'm telling you, that's what the argument's going to be if this thing even gets issued. I'm not still convinced. I'm still not convinced that it will be. But if it gets issued, I I can almost guarantee you that'll be their argument. Do you think a lower court's going to overturn Wong? I don't think so. I don't think the Supreme Court will. Well, there you go. Anyway, half past. Got to take a break. Stay with us. It's the Dave Bowman Show right here on the podcast, 99 Internet Radio Network. This is the Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network.
are listening to the Dave Bowman Show on the Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network. Oh, come on. You're doing the same thing. Mock me for that. See, on video, you don't know. Deal with it. Welcome back. It's the Dave Bowman Show, Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network. Area code 209-565-DAVE, 565-3283 is the telephone and text machine. Well, voicemail and text machine. One of these days, I... I uh, I gotta get a phone system, but they're expensive. But if we're gonna be a real AM radio station on the internet, then I guess we're gonna have to have one, so we'll get it figured out. By the way, the reason Tim is not here today, this is hysterical to me. For reasons that I don't fully understand, Tim, who is from Wisconsin, where the real Americans live, is a Raiders fan, and I don't know why. I, I have no idea why. And now he lives in Phoenix, so... Anyway, he had a hard time. He had a bad night last night. He didn't, he didn't have a good night, and so he actually canned his show today because he was so mad about the the final battle for the Bay and the way that went. Uh, such is life, I guess. And my team gets creamed every week. You don't hear me canceling shows, do you? That's got to be the new theme. We're, we're revamping everything. We're rebranding everything and redoing everything. I kind of like that. That might be the new th- That may be the new theme for the show. <sighs> Such is life. I am a veteran. I've said this on numerous occasions. You know this. I'm a veteran. I'm also a former homeless services industry executive. I have 25 plus years of experience in dealing with homeless folks and homeless services and homeless shelters. I... I opened the shelter in in Modesto when it opened. Um, I got a lot, you know. Look, there. I'm going to tell you something that nobody else will tell you about working in social services, and that is, it jades you after a while. You you get to the point where you you, you just um, I don't I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I guess the best way to explain it is. You see the same people over and I mean, you can predict right down to the day of the month that you're going to see them because there's there's limits on most of the services. It's every 30 days or every 45 days or and so you can predict almost down to the day of the month. that You're going to see somebody for whatever reason. And it gets old. It really does. And you, you feel like, why are we doing this? It's it's not going anywhere. And the, and the same is true of homeless people. I you know, there's this whole thing about, well, we need to get people off the street. OK. What are you going to do in 25 years, 25 years of doing this, folks, 25 freaking years of doing this? We probably moved, I don't know, 25, 30, 40 people off the streets, as it were, as as what you mean, which is you got them into permanent housing, you know, out, out of a shelter, out of a transitional thing into a permanent housing. And, you know, you know how many of those actually stayed in that permanent housing for more than a year? I'd say in round numbers, but that wouldn't wouldn't be quite as a big one. One. That's it. One. And I know, I know the ideas and attitudes and all that kind of stuff, and it's it gets frustrating. It really does. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I would get frustrated with some of these people too. I you know, I was telling the story of Ahab the other day on the show, and I was talking about the fact that nobody drove God nattier than than Ahab did. Well, it's the same thing. 
I had a guy that, man, I worked with that guy for 10 years, 10 freaking years. I'd get him in, I'd get him in a home, I'd get him in a house, I'd get him in an apartment, I'd get him somewhere else, and he didn't want that. That's not what he wanted. And instead of ever saying to him, hey, what do you want? We, well, what we said was, well, this is what's best for you, and that's the way all the services in industry works, is we've decided what's best for you, and so we're going to make you do, we're going to make you fit into our cookie-cutter system here, and we're going to force you out. When in reality, what what you really need is is a shelter. What you really need, because again, city of Modesto, the problem you had was homeless people breaking windows so they could go to jail for the night because it was cold if they didn't really have a place to stay. So that's what they would do. And oddly enough, you you open a shelter where it's just a bed and a warm place to stay and a meal. All that crime kind of goes down. It uh, was a pretty amazing thing that happened once upon a time. Who knows what they're doing now? I don't. I, you know, I've been out of the business for so long now. It's, but but it, it's frustrating. And of course, some of the worst are the veterans. And this is always the controversy. Oh, this this is part of the argument about illegal immigrants. We can't have we can't have one dollar spent on illegal immigrants as long as there's a homeless veteran in this country. You know how many homeless veterans there are? You have any idea? Well, oddly enough, there's not as many as there used to be. As you can, uh, this comes from Stripes and its sources, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, 2009, 2010, 75,000 roughly, 74,000 roughly veterans. We're down to 37,878 in 2018. Now, that's not a good number, but that many people die in car accidents every year. Nobody gets upset. Nobody seems to have a problem with that. So... In the broad spectrum of things, how many people is that really, you know, infecting, uh, effecting or affecting or even infecting or even invading the whole thing, right? Let's see, 37,878 divided by 50 means roughly roughly 757 homeless veterans in each state. Now, again, that's too many. I don't have a problem making that statement. It's too many. And Veteran services are something that are near and dear to my heart, but I'm telling you that most of those 757 homeless veterans in your state, on average, I realize some states have more than others. I'm sure there are far more homeless veterans in California than there are in Minnesota. Why? Because it's freaking cold in Minnesota. That's why people don't, veterans aren't stupid. They don't, they don't go to Minnesota just because, you know, we like the Vikings or whatever. They go where it's warm to. I always, you know, Cammy and I have had this conversation. If we ever end up homeless, where are we going? You know, I don't know. I don't know anybody that hasn't had that thought at some point in their mind. How would I survive if I were homeless? You know, where I'd go to Santa Monica. Dang, I'd go to Santa Monica. Santa Monica's great. Beautiful beaches, showers right there. There's a homeless feeding place right off the beach. Man. It's warm. It never really gets cold in Southern California. But what's cold? 60 degrees? I mean, I can deal with that. That's where I'd go. Veterans aren't stupid. They, they know that, too. And, and then you get into the whole issue of dual diagnosis. Do you, are you dealing with people that are really homeless? In other words, some catastrophic thing has caused them to be homeless. Or are you dealing with people that are mentally ill or uh, addicted, drugs, alcohol, whatever? Because, and I know this pisses people off when I say that, but when you're dealing with people who are dual diagnosed or even single diagnosed, 
homelessness isn't really their problem. It really isn't their problem. It, it, it's not. The problem is what they're spending their whatever resources on in order to to enjoy that. And this goes back to my childhood, folks. Again, my dad, when I was 11 years old, 10 years old, was the was the guy that ran the mission in downtown Denver. And, you know, when I was 11 years old, my best friends were winos and prostitutes on Larimer Street in Denver, which is now a serious shopping area, and you can't even, you can't, there's no homeless people there anymore. We didn't call them homeless people back then. We called them winos and bums. The same people doing exactly the same thing for exactly the same reasons. But now, we call them something different. And because we, as a society, we think we know better and we think we know what's best for them. And, and again, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that you're ever going to be in a position where you can dictate to them somehow or another what's best for you. And we use this as an argument. Well, as long as there's a homeless veteran, we shouldn't spend any money on, on an immigrant at all. But I, I really... I'm starting to question that mentality. I'm starting to question that idea because, again, I my experience tells me that these 37,000, these 37,000 veterans that are still homeless, number one, they're homeless for a reason. They're homeless primarily because they choose to be. Now, granted, there's probably some in there that some tragic event happened to and they're struggling, but there's help for those people and they very rarely stay homeless for very long. Somehow or another, because they are trained and because their mindset is improvise, adapt, and overcome, they do so. But then you run into the people that, you know, the Joe Delosiers of the life, that they'd rather spend their life on the streets. They'd rather live where they don't have to follow your rules. And it wouldn't surprise me if these 37,878, the vast majority of them, I'd say 98, 99% of them, probably fit into that category. And as someone once described to me, these people are true libertarians. These people live the lives the way they want to live them. And who are we to just come in and say, no, you're going to live the way we've decided is best for you. And (laughs) why? Because we get money for you. We get money to make you live the way you want to live. We get money to send you where you want to go, where we want you to go. And it's not going to work. It's not going to change anything. It really isn't. My guess is, well, let's see. What is this? This is 2018, right? So, yeah, like I don't know. I mean, it's plausibly live, folks. You might be listening to this a year from now. So right now when I'm sitting here in front of this is is 2018, October of 28. No, it's November of 2018. Sorry. It's the time change. It's messing with me. Um, The uh, the point being that that. In, in June of 2000, right? So it was right around the time they were getting ready to do the census. So it might have been earlier in 2000. I don't remember. It was in 2000. I know that because the context of the discussion was around the census, but it was also a meeting that we went to at uh, the city of Modesto for, uh, for the five-year plan to end homelessness. Five-year, but you get that five-year. Well, no, but it's a 10-year, 10-year plan to end homelessness. Five years for Stalin. 10-year plan to end homelessness. So here we are almost 20 years later, and we've made no dent in it because nobody really understands the the concept that some of these people just don't, they don't want to play by your rules. They just don't. And if your rationale, I mean, they ran into this in Seattle. They're closing 
one of the miniature miniature uh, miniature housing things. They they have these little camps that are miniature houses, and they're surprised because some of these people moved into those and won't move out. They they won't they won't better themselves. They won't move on. Oh, and by the way. They allow drugs and alcohol to be used at this thing. And so basically you have a camp where people can drink and shoot up and they're surprised that homeless people won't move on. Whew. That's some deep thinking there. Anyway, I'm just not so sure that that mindset that says as long as there's uh, as long as there's homeless veterans, we can't do nothing about anything else. We shouldn't do anything about anything else. Because, again, number one, homeless veterans have decreased significantly. Although that causes me some questions as well. But, but reality is those 37,000 people who are homeless probably want to be. And, sure, they'll take your handouts. They'll take your gifts. They'll take, your, they'll take the things that you think you're helping them, and they'll... They'll keep taking it until you don't give it to them anymore. And then they'll move on their way, and that'll be the end of that. Time changes this weekend, in case you forgot. I can't imagine that you did, but on the on the uh, small chance that somehow you forgot, no doubt you've got a friend or two that has posted this meme or something similar to it on your social media, where the... Where the old Native American, the old Indian, says only a white man would cut two inches from the top of a blanket, sew it to the bottom, and think he now has a longer blanket. I don't understand people's issue with daylight savings. I really don't. I, I don't get it. There's a lot of reasons why I don't understand it. Number one, and I will I will freely admit this, is that my time is not quite as schedule oriented as most people I mean, ten, you know having to go to work at 10 o'clock literally 10 feet from my bed you know it's it's a little bit different than having to get up at six in the morning shower clean up shave shine all that stuff getting dressed in a suit drive 45 minutes to wherever and you know sit at a desk and do someone else's bidding i get that and i you know i understand that because i lived that life for many many years but this whole idea that people are like, oh, my God, it's the time change. This is the dumbest thing in the world. And only people, only a white man would think that cutting two inches from the top of the blanket, sewing to the bottom, would think, nobody thinks we have a longer blanket, you dolt. Nobody thinks that. Sorry, I probably shouldn't call the old Indian adult. But nobody believes that. Do you honestly think that? Do you honestly think the day is longer now because of daylight savings time? Are you really that thick? Nobody thinks that. All we're doing is shifting this artificial construct we call time so that the vast majority of our human activities, our normal daily activities, take place during the daylight hours. That's all we're doing. Time is a myth anyway. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we just sort of guessed what time it was. Oh, the sun's up straight. It's noon. It's halfway down. It's three o'clock. We didn't, we didn't really worry too much about specific, and it wasn't until the trains came along and the train people wanted to have strict schedules that, that all of a sudden it became, you know, an issue, and then we got time zones on top of it, so now what's noon here is, you know, 6 p- well, 3 p.m. in New York City, and, and, and then I got to say, well, we're here every day at 10 o'clock Pacific time, because otherwise people will get confused, and then, and then you got the states like Arizona that say, well, we're not going to play along, and so 
Every time I talk to Tim about doing something together, we got to make sure we're on the right. Yeah, we had it right in the Navy. We went to Universal Standard Time. Greenwich Mean Time, GMT, London Time. We all just, we all just, we all just learned to tell time. Okay, so the clock says it's eight o'clock at night, and it's you know the sun's up at as high as it goes. It's noon here, but you know we, we dealt with it and we didn't worry about it. I I don't understand people who can't deal with time changes. I really don't because it really it really doesn't affect that much. But in radio, in AM radio, I learned to hate going off of daylight savings time. I really did. Why? Because the sun goes down earlier on daylight savings time. You know this, right? You understand that what daylight's going off daylight savings time does is it moves sunset up earlier. Well, in the radio biz, unless you're a 50,000-watt blowtorch, and there aren't very many of those, but unless you're on one of those, you are required to power down at sundown by the FCC. It's called the super heterodyne effect. I could sit here and explain it. I could probably even draw you a picture of it. But it, it, what you need to understand is that AM radio signals, unlike FM radio signals, frequency modulated. That's what it means. So the, the bandwidth is always the same on, a free, on an FM station. It's the, it's the frequency inside that changes the signal, whereas AM radio, amplitude modulated, so they get bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller, big, 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 big small, small. And AM signals bounce off the ionosphere. And that's why if you're sitting, try this some night after the sun's gone down, try this around seven or eight o'clock at night, maybe even really late at night. Go to your AM radio if you still have one and, and see what you can find. You'd be amazed. I used to sit in my, my uh, barracks in Washington State, well, just down the road here at the base, and I would listen to the Utah Jazz games from KSL in Salt Lake City. Cincinnati, you could pick up Cincinnati every now and there's a big 50,000 watt uh, signal out there. AM signals bounce, and the problem is that even the small ones bounce. So even the even the the 1360s and stuff like that, they bounce. They they super heterodyne, and so they start overriding and bleeding into everybody else's signals. So during the nighttime, when the ionosphere is active, you have to power down, which means that if you're on a Class B station, I don't know, just pick one, say in Modesto, California, and you power down at sunset. And your signal goes from, say, 75 to 100 miles to about three. And I used to just hate that because we'd get calls. I can't pick you up anymore. What's going on? That's why I was happy when when the app came along and the streaming came along, because I could just tell people, just stream it, man. So much better. That's why I really think the idea of an AM radio station on the Internet works, because people can always hear it and you don't get that hiss and stuff like that. We even had a guy one time hear us in Norway. We had a guy send us a tape from Norway listening to KFIV. Anyway, that's why I always hated it when I was in radio. It wasn't because it wasn't because I lost any sleep or gained any sleep or anything else. It just I hated the the power down issue. It just I mean it was at some points before we had streaming, it was like, why are we even doing this? I mean, really, if you're more than a mile from the station's broadcasting, you're not gonna hear it. So What's the point? Uh, but as far as the rest of it goes, I, I just don't. Nobody thinks that the day is any longer. Do you? I don't. I mean, I've never thought that. Well, I've thought is, well, we've just moved everything that we were doing during the day. I, I like late nights in the summertime. I really do. I like the fact that the sun doesn't go down till 930, 945 here in the summertime. I hate the fact that next week, 
by the time gets a bud, Ben gets off the bus at you know roughly four fifteen four twenty, it's basically dark. The sun's already gone down, especially towards December. I mean, we have days here where the sun go down at three thirty three forty five in the afternoon. I hate that. I ain't great. Okay, so in the morning it's up and people are around. And I was a kid back in the seventies when when Nixon and his his uh, oil crisis. Remember that the, the big oil crisis. We got to go to daylight savings time year round. And all the parents were complaining because it was still dark in the mornings when the kids had to go to school. The the pictures in the Denver Post of the of the kids with the flashlights. We had to walk two blocks to school, and they were city blocks. And I just you know, anyway, it just I, I don't get the whole. I I just I don't get it. I don't understand the whole. I don't like the. I don't like daylight savings time. I don't like it. I prefer daylight savings time, but I really don't, it doesn't really bother me shifting back and forth. It really doesn't. It just, it's not that big of a deal to me. It really isn't. I don't know what to tell you. I don't, uh, but I, I really get up. I, I, I get irate at these people that put that, that meme up there. Only a white man would think that sewing two inches onto the blanket on the top and the bottom would make the day longer. No, we don't think that. All we think is that more stuff happens during the daylight hours or less stuff happens at night when you're not on daylight savings time. Besides which, your Christmas lights look better in the dark anyway, right? All right, we're going to take a little break. Um, I still got a couple of things I want to get into, and with no Tim here today, I'm going to take a top-of-the-hour break, something I haven't done in a long time. I'm serious. We haven't, Man, I don't even remember the last time we took a top-of-the-hour break. But we're going to take one, and then we'll be back, and we'll uh, we'll do some stuff on the other side of this. And I, I don't know that we'll go a full hour on the other side, but we will uh, we will continue the conversation. How's that? Anybody got a problem with that? I didn't think so. All right, so stay with us. We will be right back on the other side of the top of the hour. Hello, this is Jay from Jay's Politics Podcast. You listen to the Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network on podcast99.org. Buy with Rob is your best choice when purchasing your new home in the Puget Sound area. Call 360-710-9425 today and get started on the best home buying experience you will ever have. Go to buywithrob.com today. Hello? Podcasts are verbal narcissism for ugly journalists. Hello? Can I talk to Mr. David? Dave Bowman? Approach and identify. Hello? In the not-so-distant future, the world is at war once again. Nuclear war has destroyed most of our beloved Earth. Those who survive still fight a deplorable battle between good and evil. This is another run-of-the-mill nuclear war. You expect the world ended or something. Our whole lives has led up to this moment, people. The outcome of what happens today will define us for generations. Because this is the day we stare tyranny in the face. We say, go back to the hell you came from, tyranny. This is our country. Let's show them what it means to be American. Ah! Man, battle stations missile. Chief of Watch, sound the general alarm. From the Buy With Rob studio, located in beautiful Silverdale, Washington, this is the Dave Bowman Show. Now... 
Here is your submarine qualified, well coffeed, stuffy, elitist history buff host, Dave Bowman. Hey, welcome back to Zai Dave. Still a Friday episode. Yeah, we're going a little long today. Tim is not here, so I don't have to bail on the radio side of things. It's reality. He's not here because of, well, he's had a tragedy in his life, and he's got to deal with that. If you want to join me, the text machine is area code 209565-DAVE. The email is dave at the Show.com. And, of course, we're on the web. Just look for the Dave Bowman Show on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and whatever web browser you use. We'll take you to the Show.com. as well as podcast99.org, where you can get this show live and on demand. Later on, eloqui conizio. Greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance. It is the illusion of knowledge. I don't know why that's funny to me. I just, Tim is, as I said, Tim is a huge Raider fan. Okay. So, last night they were making a big deal about this is the, the final battle of the Bay. There wasn't going to be any more battles of the Bay. Apparently they're not aware of the, sorry, Giants and A's. Uh, so this is the one that, that counted. So the football game last night, the, the San Francisco 49ers and the Oakland Raiders, and, and Tim, as I said, is a huge Raider fan for reasons that escape me. I don't, I don't, I don't grasp why anybody that, that was ever raised outside of Oakland is a Raider fan. I really don't. Or at least Northern California. But my hatred of the Raiders goes back to the AFL days and the rivalry that my team, the Broncos, had with the Raiders. And, of course, the Raiders last night, I wasn't just bad. That was, I mean, I, I don't know how you look at that and say they didn't quit. I, I, I don't get it. I, I can't imagine anybody that is familiar at all with football enough to look at that and go, yeah, that was, they just got their butts kicked. They weren't ready. They weren't with it. They quit. That team freaking quit. They quit. quit, Tim. They quit. They don't care. They're not they're not even trying. And it was pretty obvious to anybody that was watching that that the Raiders have just they've just they're just phoning it in. They don't even care. I'd be I'd be surprised if they win another game this year. I really would. That based on what I saw last night. Now again, John Gruden's supposed to be this super coach, you know, Chucky and all that. They were talking this morning on on the football shows about you know, the kids that are playing today. They don't remember John Gruden as a coach. They they don't. I mean, that's they, that happened when they were babies. They don't they don't know his mystique, his his you know his special abilities or anything like that. To him, to them, he's just some guy that's you know. He was on TV for years. I thought he was a great analyst. I thought he was a fantastic guy on radio or on television. Sorry, on Monday Night Football. I love listening to him talk. Him and Ron Jaworski, I think, are two of the best analysts in the business. But, man, they just, oh, that was bad last night. Anyway, Tim couldn't handle it. Tim and I were, you know, tweeting back and forth during the show last night, during his, uh, during the game last night. And he just could not, I mean, and so he canceled his show today. Because he was so embarrassed about how badly the Raiders sucked. Ah, to me, that's wonderful because anytime the Raiders stink is, 
is good in my view. I, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the way I feel about it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not particularly. I'm not a Raider fan, so I'm. I love it when they don't. My daughter got in the mail the other day. I don't know why it came here. She doesn't live here, but uh, she got a thing from the from some political action committee that it was kind of an intriguing ad. It sort of, uh, sort of took me off guard. I would, I would, I would have been, I'd say offended, but I don't like that phrase anymore. I don't like, the, I don't like the fact that we get offended, but it would have been, it, it would have pissed me off had this been sent to me. And of course it wouldn't have been sent to me because I don't, I don't do this sort of thing, but, uh, but she's, you know, fairly young. And so she doesn't have a long voting record, but this, this thing had a, a chart of her voting. So it had average, above average, and then it had hers as compared to all these other people, your neighborhood, the state, and then, or your district or whatever, and then your voting practices, how many times you voted. And of course, she hasn't voted. So so she gets a below average, and they wanted her to know that. So of course, I sent it to her. I sent her because it came to our mail. So I texted it to her and I said, hey, you suck. You're not voting. And she was like, well, I don't even know what this is about. So we had a little conversation about it. And, and, and on a serious note, she she asked me, well, I, what was what was the election for that hadn't happened yet, by the way? But she made this comment, what was it for? I need to be properly informed. So I replied, whether or not I'm the emperor for life. And she said, I voted no on that. Um, and I said, there will be consequences for that. So just trying to tease her a little bit about about what's going on there. It's an intriguing, you know, everybody talks about political activism and how how things are going crazy now and how everybody's doing, you know, everybody's everybody's offended by everything and there's so much going on and there's so much political activity and then blah, 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 blah. And we need the other side to be quiet. And there's so many people doing things that are bad and saying things that are bad and we need to make them shut up. And the, the reality of it is, is that the engagement of our country politically isn't that good. I mean, it just really isn't. It's it's sad that it's so bad, but but reality is that most people have become many people have become jaded by the whole process. Well, my vote doesn't count. They've come to believe, which is a mistake. But then you get into the whole. Well, it's just a bunch of negativity. Why do I care? And you watch you watch your ads, and it's like, oh my god, I can't even watch my morning news show anymore. I, I really can't. I love my morning news, but the ads, I mean, again, I know how these things work because I've been in the biz, but you know, I don't need. So, so what we get is let's take a break after a shorter segment than normal because we, we have all these ads we got to run. So let's take a break and we get candidate A's ad followed by candidate B's ad followed by candidate A's rebuttal to candidate B's bad, followed by candidate B's rebuttal to candidate A's rebuttal to candidate A B's ad, to, which replied to, I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous, and it's so full of crap. I mean, it just is. We, <laughs> I sit here, and, and I used to do it. I, I try not to do it anymore because I can't watch it anymore. I literally would rather watch Gilligan's Island this morning than, than this stuff. But I, I sit here, and I tick off all the things that are complete lies on both of these ads. I mean, it's not even a question of inaccuracies or mistranslations or misunderstandings or whatever. These are flat-out lies. These are things that are not true. And 
you would have to literally have the intelligence of a, of a head of cabbage to look at these things and think, that, no, this is okay. This is cool. This is, you know, whatever. No. And, and, and yet it makes me wonder, well, how many people do buy into this stuff because so many people are, are not participating. And again, my daughter is one of the people that are, you know, well, I don't know what's going on. She did, she's so unaware that she doesn't even know the, the election hasn't happened yet. Well, I, I needed to be fully informed of these things, but I didn't bother to fully inform my things. And how does that happen? How do you have a family member like me that's, you know, a political wonk that's constantly involved in this stuff, constantly talking about it, that, you know, somehow or another, it's not, it's not getting through. It's not, it's not causing anybody else to go in my family to go, well, I need to be involved as well. I, I, I struggle with this, and I've struggled with this for years because I, you know, used to get callers on the show about, well, Dave, why should I vote? My vote doesn't count. It's just going to be turned over by the courts, blah, 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 blah. And you struggle with this, and, you know, you go back to the 2008 primaries. You go back to the Iowa caucus in 2008. And most people don't know this because they don't, they never bother to look at this stuff. But there was a, a writer some years ago, and you'll have to forgive me at this point, I can't remember his name. I can't think of it right off the top of my head. I've got the book back there somewhere on my shelf. And he, he's writing about the fact that the Iowa caucuses in 2008. Now, remember, in 2008, there was a good deal of question. Is this Hillary Clinton's ear? Who is this new guy from Illinois? Chicago. And there was a lot of, you know, is it the same old, same old? I mean, okay, she's a woman, but what else? And this exciting, articulate, good-looking African-American senator. I said this on the radio at the time. I said, I'm not a Democrat, and I'm not going to vote for him. But, but if I were a Democrat, I would go with him. He's far more interesting and exciting than Hillary Clinton ever was, ever will be. Hell, Donald Trump's more exciting and more interesting than Hillary Clinton. So it, 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 the same thing happened to her again. Anyway, the, the, the writer describes how this Iowa caucus, and he goes into how the caucuses work, and I'm not going to do all that, but you can look it up yourself. But the, it came down to literally one person in one of the caucuses who was an undecided or had supported you know, Biden or somebody before. And so when their candidate was eliminated in their little caucus, then they have to make a decision as to whether or not they're going to support another candidate or just drop out. And this particular person, as I recall as a woman, made her singular decision that, that, that won that particular caucus for Barack Obama. And it was that one particular caucus that, that caused you know a section to go for Obama that caused the state to go for Obama in the Iowa caucuses. So while it's easy to point out and say, well, my vote doesn't count, my vote's not worth anything, well, I don't know that that's necessarily true, and I don't know that that's, and I don't know how you get through that to people. I don't know how you get people to, to get past this kind of thing. I mean, this was an article a few weeks ago that we had some fun with, and it's actually, once again, in the Modesto B today, for those of you down in California, why college students don't vote, absentee, they don't know where to buy a postage stamp. This was in, this is actually out of Virginia, and it talks about the fact that Apparently, college students who are paying thousands of dollars to get an education are morons. 
I don't think that they don't know where to get a stamp. I, I can't, for the life of me, I can't get my head around that. But I'm told that they don't know. This is this whole argument. There's many college students who've gotten an absentee ballot because they don't know how to get a stamp. It seems to be a foreign concept to them. One thing that I came up, which I had heard from my own kids, but I thought they were just nerdy, was that students will go through the process of applying for a mail-in absentee ballot. They will fill it out, but they don't know where to get stamps. Seems to be a hump they can't get across. And I thought, this story has to be, this has to be a joke, but it's not. This has to be an onion kind of thing, but it's not. There are people who literally do not know how to how to get a stamp, and so consequently, they don't vote. Well, that being the case, uh, sorry there, I'm showing you the wrong thing. Uh, that being the case, you see a little bit of the magic behind the, behind the thing. Um, that being the case, well, how do you get past that? How are we ever really going to get engaged as a society, if if less and less people see this whole voter registration thing is nonsense. The whole registration thing is a completely registrations are up. More Democrats are registered than Republicans. More Republicans. It's it's nonsense because it doesn't. It's it participates actual voters that show up that matters at least in the elections. The registration thing has its. It has its reasons why Congress people using his words, not mine pay for registration schemes, uh, there's a reason why, but it, it, it's not about the election. Quite frankly, they're happy with the number of people who are showing up because it helps them maintain their power, and that's what they want. That's what they want to have done. That's where they want to be. It's what they want to have in place. And so I, I don't know. The answer to that is I don't know. And I'm starting to become concerned about it because, again, this whole argument that we're about to have a civil war between progressives and conservatives, but reality is that there's so many people who are disengaged that it's unlikely to actually be much of a civil war because most of the population of the United States is going to stand around and go, what the hell is wrong with you? What? You can't possibly be that stupid. But you never know. So I don't know. I, I don't know how to get my daughter engaged. I don't know how to get... I, I, you know, I don't care if she votes the way I vote or not. I mean, it's unlikely given her, given her positions on things that she would, and that's fine. But at least, I guess at least she's not voting uninformed, right? I, I, should I be happy about that, or should I be more concerned about the fact that people aren't aren't taking up their votes in a way that's appropriate, in a way that's going to benefit them, that they aren't they aren't engaged, that they aren't involved. Those are the things that I'm concerned about. Those are the things that I ran out of time in the first hour. See, I'm losing my voice. Those are the things I ran out of time in that first hour, and I didn't want to wait till Monday. So, you know, Tim's not here, so I took part of his time, and I took part of his, his stuff to to throw that out there and see what you think. 565-DAVE, 209-565-3283 is the text machine, voicemail machine, email is Dave at the Dave Bowman Show. Let me know what you think. I, we got to figure out a way to get people engaged. We got to figure out a way to get people past this. Well, my vote doesn't count thing. We got to get past, we got to get past all that. And I know there's a lot of people out there. Uh, Tim's one of them. He doesn't vote because your vote doesn't mean anything. I refuse to participate in government. Blah blah blah. Okay, that's fine. I don't see it that way, and I can't see it that way. Too much of my life is tied up in the ideas, the principles of a Republican constitutional government. So my mission in life is to get more people involved, and I choose to do that. 
Perhaps I'm naive. Perhaps it makes me Pollyannish, but I got to do it. I got I got to keep going that direction. I really do. So anyway, let me know what you think. 565-DAVE, 209-565-3283, voicemail and text. Email Dave at thedavebowmanshow.com. All right. It's been a little fun to go a little bit longer. I don't, I don't got another hour in me. I, I mean, I could sit here and talk about other things. We could talk about space travel. We could talk about First Amendment stuff. There's some First Amendment stuff. But then I wouldn't have anything for Monday. So, plus, you know, Donald Trump is going to say something, argue with somebody over the weekend, and we're going to want to talk about that. So, we'll, uh, we'll do that. This We'll do that there, too. So, anyway, that's, uh, that'll put the wrap on a Friday and a good week. Hope you had, hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. And uh, hope you come back on Monday. If you download the show on iTunes, please leave us a review and a rating, and we'd appreciate that. And check us out at podcast99.org as well as the DaveBowmanShow.com. Take the time right now. Tell the people that matter in your life you love them very much. You'd miss them if they weren't there, so don't pass up those opportunities. You don't want to have that regret. Believe me, you don't want to have that regret. I'm Dave Bowman. This is my show, the Dave Bowman Show, right here on the Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network. Sam, sans Tim Preuss today because the Raiders lost. <laughs> Sorry, that's funny to me. We'll be back on Monday. We're here every Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time for the Dave Bowman Show. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will see you on Monday. Bowman Show is a Slippery Fish Entertainment production for the Podcast 99 Internet Radio Network. For more information or to complain about how the show offended you, the text or voicemail number is 209-565-DAVE. For more information about the show, log on to thedavebowmanshow.com. Hey, I'm going to go do something productive. I'm going to go watch television.